Hello, everyone, and welcome to another informative episode of the Florida Business Forum podcast. Let's open the Florida Business Forum floodgates and let the information begin to flow. Here's your Florida Business Forum information guru and anchorman, Sam Yates. And yes, the information is flowing here on the Florida Business Forum podcast. And today we're talking economic development. And I'm lucky to have an economic development guru join me, Jared Parker. Jared, welcome to the program. Hi, Sam. Thank you for having me. Jared, tell us about your company. It is an economic development consulting group. What do you do for the the interest in Florida in particular? So we build impact studies that are tied to economic development. What that more or less means is we go in there and we look at any large project that's going to impact an area. We try to break it down into terms that cities and developers can understand. So, for example, we just did a project over in Bradenton, Florida, that looked at moving their city hall to another location. And in that place, what would be the best mixed-use development? So on the economic development side, what we produced was a direct impact as to how much this new development is going to be spending. What type of spending is it going to be? Is it going to be towards apartments? Is it going to be towards uh, condos, retail, uh, non-retail, commercial, that sort of thing? And then once we had those pieces, we could use it to sort of build out ripple effects. So we want to know if we're spending $200 million in the area, what does that mean in terms of jobs? What does that mean in terms of paychecks? What does that mean in terms of local GDP and aggregate economic output in the area. And then once they have those pieces, we can kind of build out, okay, what what are tax collections going to look like to the local government, which is always incredibly important. And from there, the city can make a more educated um, determination as to which direction they want to go with specific developers. Do they want to focus more on retail versus non-retail or do they want to focus on apartments or they even want to consider apartments, that sort of thing. When you engage in these type of studies, these type of programs, they're not uh, flash in the pan, we're going to get this done in two weeks. These are really in-depth looks at snapshots of the particular area that you're under study. Mm -hmm. Yes, they'll normally will do a short term project for us might be two months. Um, This what we did with Bradenton was about a three month deal. Um, And then from that, it's it's so fluid because they might have certain developers coming to them that you know want to kind of deviate slightly from the original plan, and then we can step in and say, okay, well, this is how this economic impact is going to change. When we talk about economic impact, I think there is probably a question mark in some people's minds: economic impact versus impact fees mm-hmm. for development. The the two are separate. Yes, yes. They, in a way, the impact fees kind of flow out of the economic impact. It's, it's you know, how much a city is going to be charging the developers to for things like parks, recreation, spanning roadways, police, firefighter protection, that sort of thing. The that, that all flows out of the tax collections that we project and the actual economic impact. So the impact itself, that's like, you know, you think of a pond. Your investment is this rock, you throw it in the pond, all those ripples, we capture those in our in our studies to really give a really well-balanced uh, outlook. What is the atmosphere right now? We're post-Ian, and we've had a lot of uh, devastation, a lot of destruction, a lot of uh, 
even infrastructure that's going to need to be replaced in the southwest, central, and uh, all the areas that were hit by Hurricane Ian. What's your sense of how things are right now? Well, I, it's uh, it's a hot topic because just off the bat, before Ian, we had almost a thousand residents a day moving into the state, and, and depending who you ask, anywhere from nine hundred to a thousand. And in certain areas, like my area, Tampa Bay, we had almost over two hundred people. Every two every two point seven people is a new home. You know that that's enough, more cars, that's bigger roadways, sewer, power, utilities, everything that goes comes along with that that growth in population. Then you have a situation like Hurricane Ian that just came through, and it kind of cleared. It, it created so much devastation that not only do we have to still deal with the migration, now we have to de- deal with replacement, and it just makes this sort of service that much more important to these local governments to know, you know, where's the best place to put my dollars uh, going forward. Now, your background, if if I recall correctly, uh, is with the state of Florida, taxation and those particular areas that are in need of the information that you are compiling. So it's a natural fit. Yeah. Yeah. My, I originally started out up in Tallahassee uh, about around 2008, 2009, maybe. And I began tax policy. I used to work for the Department of Revenue and I worked inside this little think tank they had that looked at the impacts of tax policy on revenue. And a couple of years after doing that, 2011, 2012, I moved into um, the economic arm of the legislature uh, called Office of Economic and Demographic Research. So I had, you know, I have a little over a decade of experience kind of running impacts on a wide variety of topics, whether it's a corporate income tax cut to sales tax exemptions to local taxes, things like permit fees, impact fees, um, all over the board. But, you know, the important thing to consider is to get there, you have to have the ripple effect and the impact on the front end to then be able to calculate the tax impact on the back end. What's the biggest challenge that our municipalities, local uh, governments, whether they be uh, towns or whether they're counties or taxing districts, what are some of the biggest challenges that they are facing today? Um, it's kind of twofold. One area is just infrastructure tied to the migration. Uh, the other area is housing. Um, we're seeing, you know, Typically, when you track housing in an economy, you're looking at vacancy rates. And normally, when that vacancy, a good vacancy rate in a healthy economy is about 7%. And in Florida, that rate's dropped to about 5%. And when you have that, you create such pressure, uh, upward pressure on things like rents, um, housing, housing construction itself. Because, you know, if I'm paying more money for my rent, I can't save up for a down payment to go put on a house that I might want. And that might even be cheaper in the long run. And it's, it's, it's just, it's a huge issue right now. And it's, it's, there's, there's no solution in sight, but, um, but yeah, those are, those are the biggest challenges I see. One that I run into frequently is I I wear many different hats. Uh, One is of course, public relations, marketing. Uh, I also work in the healthcare communities, but I also have work in the the builders communities mm-hmm. and certainly affordable housing does that fit in with what you were just talking about of making mm-hmm. homes more affordable or finding ways that we can have more affordable homes 
Well, I think the most important solution to the housing crisis is is to increase the supply. So to do that, you know, the working with the builders, working with communities to sit there and figure out how can we, you know, create ways to invest and incentivize the production to higher levels of production and construction rates of, of homes, you know, homes and multifamily apartments, really. So it's a matter of, sometimes it's a matter of, intensity versus density if, if you look at it from that standpoint yeah yeah absolutely i mean so, some of the density issues uh, south florida for instance is right. full so you're not going to be building a whole lot of single family homes it's going to be something that's going to look more into the multifamily world that that might be a split between condos and apartments whereas you in my area in tampa uh, i'm actually just north of tampa in this little area called new tampa yep that we have lots of land we have lots of places to build new single-family homes. So, yeah, it, it, it comes down to popula- population density. But across the board, you kind of need that intensity uh, in construction and, and to solve this crisis. It's, it kind of ties into everything right now. It, it's a housing crisis, and it's not one single segment across right. the board. I, I, again, when, when I was just pointing out that the, the crisis is the people that are trying to move out of an apartment into a single family home. They can't save up money. That's a unique, that's a unique demographic that you don't normally hear about. You know, you hear about low income, you hear about the wealthy, you don't necessarily hear about the uh, burgeoning crisis as in terms of community. It's, it's um, the population is growing. The migration is growing. The, um, boomer generation is retiring and that's one of the largest that is the largest generation right now and the generation kind of on the backfill is the gen xers and you don't necessarily have that one-for-one replacement because generation x was one of the smaller generations and to begin with yes yeah yeah to begin with so they when you get to the senior side you just don't it's it's the dynamic of Think a good way to explain this: the shift from people that had regular homes, regular lives, to now that they are aging and they need care, it is a stressor going forward. I know that transportation, yes, it impacts everyone. What are our current, from your vantage point, current transportation? I guess the the, the question is. Uh, challenges. And I, I hate to overuse that word, but what is the current challenge for transportation in Florida? Um, well, part of it is with the transportation, the way the transportation is structured in the state is that there, there's this thing called the State Transportation Trust Fund based up in Tallahassee, run by the Florida Department of Transportation. And they build these uh, work plans and it's normally it's a current year budget plus the next five years and they roll it into a single fund and then that's what they're contracting every single year. Those contracts are based on projects that are going to happen 20 years from now and they're using assumptions on population growth 20 years ago for the projects that are going into place today. So, I mean, the biggest issue is, is a lack of flexibility to deal with a changing environment, in my opinion. and we it's it's hard to get the public funds to go in there and repair things like bridges expand highways deal with again unexpected population growth that we just didn't see back then yeah. a, a few years back when i say a few 10 15 years back uh, it's few as in relative terms 
there seemed to be a big push for intermodal transportation connecting different hubs, whether it be an air hub, a rail hub, or um, a, a commerce center. That, From what I am seeing now, that's not so much happening anymore. No, no, it, it, it kind of gets back to that budget that was put together yeah. years ago, is that we just didn't consider rail. Uh, and, I, and I'm a big fan <clears> of rail. I, I know it's got kind of a mixed, um, mixed reputation. And part of that is the idea that you know, moving people and goods is always cheaper by rail. But when you go to build a rail, everybody wants a stop. And because everybody wants a stop in a train station, it makes it exponentially more expensive than building a highway. And, and we're seeing that here on the East Coast with Brightline right now. Yes, exactly. So it's kind of it's kind of a bureaucratic nightmare to to yeah. build a build a rail. Even Something, though I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just gonna say, even though building a rail is economically makes yeah more sense. I have been negligent since starting the interview that I haven't asked you how people may go about contacting you. And, and I guess that that needs some uh, differentiation as to who your end customer, how can they best contact you? Easiest way to contact us is to go through our website. We have a um, kind of like a call to action section, contact us, and you can send us an email um, and we'll happily get back to you. I know the web address is regionaleconomicconsulting.com. And, uh, I'm watching the clock too, because I promised I would try to keep this around 15 minutes as we uh, cover a lot of different topics on the Florida Business Forum podcast. Forecasting for 2023, are we too early to make any forecast for what you have seen going on? Oh, you too. Uh, it's it's such a mixed bag right now. Um, the national economy is sending signals every which way, and everything we do when it comes to forecasting, Florida depends on the national the national economics, and and in Florida is an outlier compared to the rest of the country right now. We 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 do not have the traditional mix of businesses, given the fact that we are service based economy, and it's so. Is it too early? Yeah, it's 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 especially in this in this world, this day and age, and supply chain issues to um, demand issues to then the Fed increasing the rates. Jared Parker, Regional Economic Group. I want to leave the door open to have you come back at some point in the future. Our our guests, we try to make sure that uh, we have people that are expert in their field, so that door is going to be open for you to come back at some point in the future. Excellent. Thank you very much. I'd love to. And for our listeners right now, I want to say thank you for joining us for another episode of the Florida Business Forum podcast. The Florida Business Forum is dedicated to showcasing Florida businesses and CEOs of all sorts to promote their business or not-for-profit in the only business forum of its type in Florida. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, the Florida Business Forum is now accepting guest applications. Have a great day, everyone, and stay tuned for more business.